Good morning. I'm glad that you have joined us for this worship service online. Today, you will be invited to participate in Holy Communion after we explore a portion of the book of Acts, chapter 11, verses 22 through 30. And my hope is to offer you some insight in the significance for all of us to believe that we are created by God with meaning and with purpose. And as Brene Brown, a modern author, writes, we either walk inside into our story and own it, or we stand outside our story and hustle for our worthiness. Today, July 5th, we welcome a new month. We continue to persevere through this difficult time. And later on this month, we would have been celebrating the Summer Olympic Games, Tokyo 2020. And we won't be able to do that. I enjoy watching every four years the Olympics. There's something about seeing athletes compete and give it their all, lay it all on the line. I enjoy, maybe you do too, learning a little bit about their story about what it took for them to get there, the sacrifice, the determination. And I thought about a particular story, maybe to some of you, you remember in 1992, Derek Redmond. This is in Barcelona, and he is an athlete uh, track and field. And I'm gonna ask you to watch this under two minute video clip of something that happened to Derek Redman. So like Derek, all of the athletes who go to the Summer Olympics, they are there to represent not only their sweat and effort, but they're there to represent an entire country. And there's pride in that. And it represents also the support of the family, of the community, of what it took to send that person on behalf of a whole nation or a people.
Acts 11 is not about sports and games, but it is about determination and resilience. And I hope that you can see when we explore that, the significance and the impact of working together shoulder to shoulder. And they may be representing a country, we represent countries true too, but we also represent the church. And Derek was not able to win the way he planned or even to compete the way he planned. But how he finished and then how his father stepped up to help Derek finish the race, captured the attention of millions of people around the world. And it was a very inspiring, hope-filled story. And at the same time, it was heartbreaking and it had pain involved. Last week, I invited you to explore Acts chapter 6 through 9. Between chapter 9 and chapter 11, which is what I'm going to explore today, please keep in mind that historians tell us that there is at least seven to eight years in between. There's seven and, or eight years of a lot of work in extending the gospel after the Pentecost, spreading the news in Jerusalem and beyond Jerusalem. So when we get to chapter 11, it tells us how the gospel is being introduced to Antioch, where there is a demographic of non-Jews, the Gentiles. And the preaching and the teaching and the acceptance of the gospel is meaningful for us to consider, not only because of demographic, but because of the distance. It took a lot of walking and journeying through and perseverance for people to then respond and accept. And the word tells us that many people joined the movement. So we get to... Acts 11, verses 22 through 30, and it reads like this. When the church in Jerusalem heard about this, they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw evidence of God's grace, he was overjoyed, and he encouraged everyone to remain fully committed to the Lord. Barnabas responded in this way because he was a good man whom the Holy Spirit had endowed with exceptional faith. We heard similar description last week and the word wants to make a point to describe Barnabas again seven, eight years later. A considerable number of people were added to the Lord meaning it was effective ministry. Verse 25 through 26, Barnabas went to Tarsus in search of Saul. This is about 100 miles from Antioch to Tarsus. It's kind of like from Coral Springs to Naples, no wheels. When he found Saul, he brought him to Antioch. So that's a 200 mile round trip. 
And they were there for a whole year, meeting with the church and teaching large numbers of people. And it was in Antioch where the disciples were first labeled Christians. About that time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch, and one of them, Agabus, stood up and inspired by the Spirit, predicted that a severe famine would overtake the entire Roman world. This occurred during Claudius's rule. The disciples decided they would send support to the brothers and sisters in Judea, with everyone contributing to the ministry according to each person's abundance. They sent Barnabas and Saul to take these gifts to the elders. So you can read details like who was ruling during the time of a famine so that we can have a verification of history. That's key. We also are introduced to the fact that the label of Christian was first introduced in Antioch. The label or title Christian today for us is a reason to be proud, maybe. We identify ourselves with that. But back then, how it was first introduced for persons who were called Christians, it was done in a condescending way. In Antioch, there was this practice that based on how you were associated with the culture and which political party you associated with, you were referred to, if you were with Herod, Herodian. If you were with the Caesar's party, a Caesarian. And if you followed the Lordship of Jesus Christ, you were now called, the nickname was Christian. Now, the connotation was the the Christ folk. So in time, by the second century, it developed and it, it, took, it took so much traction that we know it today as a powerful identity. But at the very beginning of the church development, even the name was a way to put people down. Why does this matter today? Well, I don't want to share this with you. It matters to us and it should matter to you how we got here, how it is difficult to be the church. It's always been difficult. It's hard to be a Christian. It's always been hard. It's difficult to instill in our children and hope that when they grow up, they will decide for themselves to identify as Christians. It's hard to keep our marriages centered in Christ. It's hard to remain committed and be part of a church that is thriving when we can't even gather physically. It was hard then. It has been difficult over the years and generations. And today we're not the exception to that. These verses tell us how Saul and Barnabas, alongside other workers, with the community that was developing as the church, they worked really hard for an entire year. And the text tells us that they were discipling them, which tells me that studying, that being discipled is key. 
that it matters because the text also tells us that for an entire year, they were working with the community, deepening their faith. And then this prophet travels from Jerusalem and foretells that there's trouble in the horizon. At that time, it was a famine. Today, call it a pandemic. And then even personalize it to whatever you may be going through and how discipleship is key for our rainy days ahead. The church, because they were deepening their faith, they were able to unite and join forces. And in the midst of the trials and tribulations, they supported. They supported Paul or Saul, who was then to be considered Paul, they supported Barnabas. And for the areas of the other churches that were struggling, they went. Kind of like how Derek's dad stepped into the arena. And they went and they helped. We can't just be spectators. We can't just be bystanders of the faith. It won't get us through the hard times individually, collectively, as a church. We can't just be spectators or bystanders. The word tells us that we have to dive in and step into the story and take our identity and live it out. I am running a race. You're running a race. I paid my dues. We worked hard. We've maybe been part of varsity this and varsity that, whatever it takes, right? To have sustainability, to have security. But then life happens. Like for Derek, as you watched, nobody pushed him. Nobody tripped him. He, was, he had trained. He was in shape. He's running the race of a lifetime. And as you saw, something happened and he fell onto his knees and there was anguish there and then he decided i'm gonna get up and i'm gonna finish the race and he limped the way to the finish line and then his family showed up and that makes sense for you and me as a parent, maybe, or just family members, whoever is in our household. Of course, we're going to step up. And I hope that we can make the connection to if we are to be a church family, we are to also exemplify what it's like to see my brother and my sister limping, falling. And now I have to step into the arena and help them finish the mission. Keep the mission at hand and do whatever it takes, no matter what. We have to get ready. And one way to do so, spiritually speaking, is being in discipleship. Today, the world is facing a pandemic and the United States is really struggling through this pandemic. It has been politicized by some people to the point that for me to wear a mask and maybe for some of you to wear a mask, it feels like I am yielding to a particular po uh, political party or an ideology. Let me remind you 
that the Summer Olympic Games have been postponed until next year because the entire world is being affected by the pandemic. Our health is vulnerable. The, econo the economy is at risk. Education is at risk. Our work security may be wobbly. And every aspect that we can think of may be influenced or impacted by this. What stands in the way of Jesus being our Lord? What stands in the way? Nothing stands in the way of Jesus being God. Nothing can actually defeat Christ. So then I ask you, what stands in your way? To stay the course, to stay committed, to deepen your faith, to step into the arena, to own your identity, to own our story as a people of God. What gets in your way? And think about why does it get in our way? What distractions, what stumbling blocks, what mistakes along the way, what dormant feelings are we feeling? And reflect and bring it to the Lord. Be vulnerable and be open and own that and bring it to the Lord. If nothing stands in God's way, Please believe that for you to be anchored in Jesus Christ, nothing including ourselves should stand in the way. May that be so for your marriage. May that be so for our church. For those of us who have been in the spiritual journey, I hope that you can think about and wonder, have I been on the sidelines? Have I been long enough wondering or witnessing or watching or questioning? And I'm inviting you, perhaps through the act of receiving communion, step into the arena so that you too can fulfill meaningfully your life. You represent God. You were created by God. You have meaning. You have purpose. And there's a mission for you to fulfill while you're here.